You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvogel. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvogel Report, on Instagram at Saints underscore Straight Up, and at Facebook at Straight Up Saints. Now, for this episode, doing a little bit different compared to what we've usually been doing the last couple of episodes. And this one, I have Justin Mello of Music City Miracles, Draft Wire, and Titans Brawl. He does all three. He's going to hop on the show. And what he's going to talk about is the Saints 2020 draft class, give us an outside perspective of Tom Brady to the NFC South, whether or not he thinks the hype for a Super Bowl is warranted or not. Um, and also an interesting reason why I wanted Justin on is Justin has been covering the Titans for the last couple of years and the Titans have a similar situation with the New Orleans Saints. And you might be saying, what the hell similar about the two teams? Well, the Titans just franchise tagged Derrick Henry and they haven't signed him to a long-term deal yet. They have until July 15th to do so. And the Saints after this year are going to be in a similar circumstance with Alvin Kamara, who Granted, even if he has a breakout season or not, we'll get paid by a team, whether it's the New Orleans Saints or someone else. So you have to figure out, do you franchise tag 41? Do you let him walk? Do you pay him long term? So me and Justin actually talked about that a little bit about a what do you do with running backs? Do you not pay them? Do you pay them a high salary on a short term deal? Uh, do you go long term and try to save less money? There are ways to do it. We talked about it. Uh, we talked about Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, 2020 draft class, as I mentioned. We touched a little bit on the 2021 draft class uh, and what's going on there. And then we also talked about Super Bowl matchup. What could happen? Obviously, 2020 is a little bit crazy, um, but me and Justin covered a lot of topics there. So let's get into that interview. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, now joining me inside the Straight Up Saints podcast is Justin Mello, contributor for DraftWire, Music City Miracles, and Titans Brawl, their podcast. First off, Justin, how's everything and how have you been? It's been you know a crazy year with 2020 with people in quarantine and all that. So how have you been personally? How's everything going? Yeah, and, uh, thanks for having me on. First off, Chris, uh, you know, ultimately, um, I, you know, I can't complain. Um, you know, I, I'm blessed. I'm out here in, in Toronto, Canada, and, um, you know, things are pretty good here. Um, they never got too out of hand um, here, you know, considering, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big city. But, you know, but like everyone else, you know, I've been stuck inside the house. I've been quarantined. I've been responsible. Um, you know, really just taking time to, to do a lot of work. So, you know, I'm lucky and blessed enough to, to work from home. So, um, you know, I've been just, you know, getting in work, ready for, you know, getting ready for the 2021 draft, laying down the ground, uh, laying down the foundation and just, um, you know, have some exciting things on the horizon, uh, Titans wise as well. So I, I noticed, man, you do a lot of work and I see you're, you're already getting your, you know, your early head start on the 2021 draft class with your features. And I'll get to that, um, in a little bit. Have you picked up, you know, a hobby during this time at home outside of maybe, uh, you know, cracking away at this football thing and getting your reviews and your interviews in what, what have you been doing to pass the time? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Luckily, the work is, is taking up a lot of time. Uh, you know, I, I watch, of course, you know, I watch a little Netflix. I might hop on the PlayStation once in a while. But for the most part, um, you know, the, the draft work, the Titans work, podcasting, um, it's all been keeping me uh, relatively busy. So, again, I really can't complain. Absolutely. So I want to talk about the Saints draft class for a little bit before we get into all the Titans and 2021 draft talk that I want to address with you. And the Saints had an interesting draft. They went with quality over quantity, only four draft picks um, out of the four with Ruiz, Zach Bond, Troutman, uh, Tommy Stevens. Is there one that you, st- you know, stood out to you as someone who's not, a, you know, a Saints either, you know, podcaster or Saints writer, uh, which pick stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great class. You know, as you said, they, they definitely went uh, quality over quantity, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
uh, especially when you're a good football team, you know, like the New Orleans Saints are. They're not in the situation, you know, fortunately for them, where they had to find, you know, four day one thirds, for, you know, for example. Really just looking to sprinkle some, maybe, you know, some quality starting pieces throughout and some quality depth. And I think that's what they got. Um, I really like the class. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go with the first round pick, Cesar Ruiz. You know, I know, you know, I know they got Eric McCoy down there and Ruiz was, uh, you know, mainly a center at, a, at during his time at Michigan. But, you know, he played some right guard for them. I imagine he's going to slot in at guard uh, for the Saints. Um, but you, regardless, you got that versatility, right? He can play some center. He can play guard. Um, very impressive player in space. I thought he did his best work on tape when uh, the offense allowed him to get in space. You know, you see the reach blocks. He's got great size. Um, I think there's some things he can work on. You know, I think the first step is one of those things that is going to have to get better, especially at the next level. As he goes against, you know, of course, quality defensive linemen, you know, you're not going to get any bad defensive linemen in the NFL. So I think he's got to, you know, uh, clean up that first step. But overall, I think he's a very good player, and I think he's a day-one starter on, on just about any offensive line. So I want to ask you about Adam Troutman. I noticed you had a great piece with him. I believe back in February, you were ahead of most people saying, you know, this guy is a rising star at tight end. He's one of, you know, the the diamonds in the rough, you might say. And what's the one quality you would tell Saints fans that they should be most excited about with a guy like Troutman? Yeah, you know, I was a big fan of Troutman coming out. I'm glad I got to interview him back in February. Got to spend a little time with him. You know, once I put the tape on him, watching that game against Jacksonville, just absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if you've had a chance to, to study that film yet, but he had about four or five touchdown catches in that game. It was just so clear to me that he was a step above the competition he was going against. Now, you know, he's going to get dogged for being a small school guy. Oh, he didn't play against top competition. Look, he can't control any of that, right? What he can control is what he does when he goes out there. So when I'm watching a small school guy, if I want to take him, you know, very seriously, I want to see a guy that dominates the competition. And that's what Adam Troutman did. You know, six foot five, 251 pounds. I had a great time with him. Lucky to have a mutual friend, was able to knock out a great interview with him. If I was going to pick one trait that I think Saints fans um, should be excited for, it's really just how physical he is. You know, on tape, you see he's an, ex- an excellent athlete. The long speed is there. He's very clean off the line of scrimmage. He's got a huge catch radius. Again, he's a big boy. But at the same time, he's got some mobility to his game. You know, he can get up there. He can jump and make some leaping grabs. He's able to, um, you know, cause a lot of problems in space. He's not an easy guy to tackle uh, once he's on the move. So I really like him. The production was obviously through the roof. But if I had to pick one trait, I would say how physical he is, more so um, in the route running area. So this question, I was really interested in asking you, getting your opinion on it. So you cover the Titans for multiple networks, and, you know, obviously they tagged Derrick Henry uh, after a monstrous season. I mean, he was flat-out incredible, not just regular season, but postseason with those games that he had against the Ravens and Patriots. The Saints might end up in a similar scenario with Alvin Kamara, who's entering a, you know, a a contract year. For you personally, it's kind of a a double-sided question. One, what is your take on paying running backs long-term? And as someone who watches the Titans... Do you want them to go with a long-term deal with Derrick Henry, or do you kind of just understand, hey, it's running backs, it's tough to pay them long-term, let's just go on a year-to-year basis here and see what happens? Now, I understand both sides of the argument when it comes to this discussion. Um, you know, of course, there are people out there who will say never pay running backs. You know, you're able to get four good years out of them, four or five good years out of them once you draft them, relatively cheap years. You know, run them into the ground, replace them with, uh, you know, cheap replacements. And, and I understand that line of thinking, don't get me wrong, because I do think, you know, the run game 
um, is an area where you can maybe get some production without paying a lot for it. You know, whether, you know, depending on how you draw things up scheme wise, depending on the strength of your O line, you can get production out of the run game without paying the guy $12 million a year to do it. With that said, when it comes to Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara, I think both the Titans and Saints would be wise to get long-term deals done um, for a few reasons. A, I don't think it's going to break the bank completely. You know, we've seen a lot of modest contracts handed out recently for running backs, and a lot of the ones that have held out um, haven't won that leverage battle, right? Melvin Gordon didn't win that battle. Le'Veon Bell didn't win that battle. I suspect Dalvin Cook is not going to win that battle. When I look at Derrick Henry specifically, I actually, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, July 7th. I don't know when you plan to release this, but the deadline for the Titans to get a deal done in camp with Henry is about a week away. I believe it's on the 15th. I may look like a fool for saying this, but I actually expect the Titans to get something done with Derrick Henry before that deadline. Now, I don't think it's going to be anything, you know, I don't think we're looking at a five-year deal here, but something in the three years, maybe, you know, 35 to $39 million range, I can see that getting done. Uh, before camp kicks off uh, at the end of the month here. So uh, I really do think that the Titans are going to keep Derrick Henry around. I think they're going to pay him a fair contract, um, fair being, you know, something that goes beyond the tag, and but that's also fair to the organization. It's not going to be four or five years, and it's not going to be $15 million a year. With that said, I think a lot of people, you know, they look at the fact that the Titans tagged Derrick Henry and they gave Ryan Tannehill a long-term contract, and for whatever reason, the reaction on social media seems to be that, oh, you know, Ryan Tannehill got $200 million and they're giving Derrick Henry $5. Let's not get it misconstrued here. Derrick Henry, playing on, if he plays on the tag this year, that's still a $10 million contract. It's not like he's severely underpaid um, by any stretch of the imagination. Of course, every athlete wants that long-term security, and that's ultimately why Derrick Henry would, of course, prefer to be, uh, and rightfully so, to be rewarded with a long-term contract that, in my opinion, he's earned. And I do think the Titans are going to get it done. Um, switching gears to Alvin Kamara, one of the reasons I think the Saints would be wise to keep him around, and I know Saints fans don't want to hear this, but Drew Brees isn't getting any younger, right? Now, he's not getting any younger. He's still playing at an incredibly high level, and Lord knows how many years he has left. But as you start to prepare for life after Drew Brees, you know, it's very difficult to, to find someone to fill those shoots chances are it's going to take some time or you're going to get a quarterback, you know, whether you get a, a bridge gap option like a, uh, like a James Winston who's there or whether you draft one, chances, you know, there's going to be growing pains. Now look at what Alvin Kamara does for your offense. You're talking about a guy that can ease in those growing pains, can help take the load long-term off of potential Drew Brees replacement because not only is he a terrific runner, but we've all seen what he's able to do in the passing game as well. So for me, I think Alvin Kamara is such a, not only such a big part of what they do today, but should be such a big part of what they do two, three, four years from now if he keeps this up. So for me, I think the Saints um, would be wise to get a fair deal done with Kamara. Yeah, look, Justin, I love the numbers you mentioned. I actually tell people all the time, if your complaint is, oh, you can't give five years, six-year deals to running back, okay, well, how about three years, and you pay them a really good salary? Um, so like you mentioned, three-year 39 is definitely in the ballpark where I think fans, not just for Titans fans, Saints fans as well, with their great running backs, should be like, hey, that's a good number to hit if you can do it. So before I go into 2021 draft talk for a little bit, I want to ask you someone who has that outsider slash non-biased view because 
you're not someone who's watching the NFC South, let's say, on a daily basis, and you know maybe someone like me, where my Saints fandom might leak in and and give my thoughts on this. What is your take on Tom Brady to the Bucks in terms of is the hype warranted, or do you think the, the Super Bowl talks a little too much? What's your take on Brady to the Bucks? Yeah, I think Super Bowl talk is a little too much, personally. Um, I'm, I'm certainly like any NFL fan. I'm very excited to see how it plays out. You know, I can't believe they got, uh, you know, Gronk down there as well. You know, to watch Tom Brady throwing passes to, to Gronk in a different uniform is going to be such an interesting, unique experience. Uh, I'm not doubting the GOAT. You know, he's the greatest of all time. I'm not doubting Bruce Arians. I don't know that there's a better fit. If Tom Brady was going to leave the Patriots and play for another head coach, I don't know that there's a better fit than Bruce Arians. I think he's an excellent head coach. I think he obviously understands offense at such a high level that I do expect him to have some success. I don't think it's going to be a train wreck by any, by any stretch of the imagination. And a lot of, you know, it, a lot of people thought maybe it could be, you know, obviously leaving the Patriots and leaving Bill Belichick at, at his age um, would not be an easy scenario um, to continue the success that he's had. I do like the fit with Bruce Arians. And I, you know, I think there are some holes there though. When I look at the defense, I'm still not convinced that that's a very good defense. When I look at the running game, there's really nothing that excites me about the running game. Um, the offensive line, I think, is okay. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. Should be a little better this year, you know, with the addition of Tristan Wirfs and some of the other moves they made. But I, I think we should pump the brakes on Super Bowl talk. A, because uh, the main reason being the NFC is a bloodbath, man. I think the NFC is such a good conference. I don't think you can look at a single team and say, well, this team is definitely, you know, the Super Bowl favorite. You look at the New Orleans Saints. You know, you could rightfully consider them the favorites. You look at the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think they're going to miss a beat. I think they're going to come back this year and be just as terrific as they were last year. Um, you know, you look at the Seattle Seahawks, who are a very, you know, a very good football team. And as long as Russell Wilson is there, you know, you've got to consider them a contender. You look at the Los Angeles Rams, who I think could potentially get back on track. You've got, you know, the Green Bay Packers, who had a terrific year last year. And I think, again, we'll be in the mix. So I think the NFC is just such a strong conference. You know, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be back, um, you know, to playing good football this year. And the Minnesota Vikings. So there's really just so many teams in the NFC. I think it would be, um, I don't think it would be very wise to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and say, okay, well, you know, Super Bowl hype. Uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting season in the NFC. I'm glad that he's in the NFC. Uh, I think it's just going to be a very exciting um, to watch the whole thing play out. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I am all for the storyline as a football fan, regardless of what team you root for. Tom Brady to a different team. That's a great storyline. And then also on the flip side, you get to see how Belichick coaches with Adam. So there's a lot of moving parts um, and I'll definitely enjoy it. So I want to ask you about the 2021 draft class. Obviously, it's months ahead of time, um, but there's always certain prospects that people hang on to. Like for me, over the last year and a half, I've been just tuning in, watching LSU like crazy, and I'm here to say that I have never liked a receiver as much as I like Jamar Chase. I just think that kid's that incredible. For you, who's the prospect from the 2021 draft class that you watch, you put on the tape, and you're like, oh, my God, I, I could watch this dude all day? Yeah, that, that's tough for me to narrow it down to one guy. You know, I'm, I'll just say that I'm very excited about the class. You know, obviously, you know, I think the receiver class, Touching on your point about Jamar Chase, I think the receiver class is excellent. You know, we saw potentially a historically uh, excellent receiver class in 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if 2021 um, is just as strong. You know, you look at the guys at Alabama. You look at some of the guys Clemson has. Of course, you look at Chase. I, I, you look at, you know, there's a couple of guys at Minnesota that I think um, make for very strong receivers. There are a couple of small school sleepers, Cade Johnson. You know, I'm just very excited to watch this year play out. 
Uh, right now, I've really just been spending my time getting to know some of these small school gems. Um, you know, guys that are seniors, guys who are potentially going to be at the senior bowl, uh, you know, come January, God, you know, God willing, we have a senior bowl, um, in January. So I've really just been familiarizing myself with some of those guys. Um, you know, guys like Harrison Moon, a six year senior O line out of Chattanooga. Uh, guys like, um, uh, Drew Himmelman, uh, a, a tackle out of Illinois State. Uh, Teron Jackson, a, a defensive end that had double digit sacks last year out of Coastal Carolina. So I'm really just, you know, uh, Shane Simpson running back out of Towson, who's a very interesting kid as well. So I've really, you know, now just been spending my time getting to know these sleepers. Uh, David Moore, a guard out of Grambling State, is somebody that everyone needs to get familiar with. So I've really just enjoyed this downtime and, and the time that I've had to study this senior class. But with that said, of course, I'm very excited to watch, you know, the, the, the Justin Fields and the Trevor Lawrences uh, and the Jamar Chases of the world as well. I think it's going to be a great class. Uh, you know, uh, Oregon's got a couple of linemen. They got a couple of guys in the secondary. That Pittsburgh defense has about four, four or five guys that I consider NFL talent. So it's going to be a very strong class next year, and I'm excited to continue my study. So you, since you mentioned that, I want to ask you who, I know it's probably tough to pick one, but if you had to, who's the one under the radar prospect that you've been watching and saying, hey, you know what, this guy is going to turn heads. Um, you don't even have to say about it in the NFL, but turn heads at the Senior Bowl, the Combine. Who's that one or two guys for you that you're like, all right, man, get ready because here they come? Yeah, I don't know how under the radar he is, but one guy I'm very excited to watch is Quincy Roche, a defensive end who just transferred from Temple to Miami. Um, he had three very successful seasons at Temple, and now he decided to go play his senior year um, at the University of Miami. He's someone who I just interviewed recently. I haven't published that yet, but I will be publishing it within about the next week or two. And I'm excited to watch him go down there to Miami uh, and play alongside Gregory Rousseau. I think the two of those guys have a chance to form uh, the most feared pass-rushing duo in college football this season. So when I look at Quincy Roche, uh, I'm very excited to see what he does playing on a bigger spotlight than he, than he had at Temple. Absolutely. So uh, last question for you, Justin. Appreciate all the time you've given me today. This is tough, and, and by tough, I mean we honestly don't know because no one knows what this 2020 season is going to look like if we have one. It's definitely not going to be what we're accustomed to. But if someone says, hey, who are the two teams you see coming out of both conferences and making the conference championship, if you had to predict, and the two teams that you see in the Super Bowl, you don't have to give me a winner, what are those teams in your eyes? Yeah, you know, it'd probably be a bit of a boring answer, but I'll, I'll go with the Kansas City Chiefs coming out of the AFC once again. Um, I just think, you know, as you said, who knows what we're in store for over these next couple of months. I think, you know, you know, I, I do believe we're going to have a season, and I think that one thing that's going to help um, teams this year more so than ever is continuity, right? We don't know what this offseason looks like. We don't know, you know, we don't even know if we're going to have preseason yet. We don't know what training camp's going to look like. I think teams that have the advantage going into this season are going to be the ones that didn't go through a lot of change in the offseason. So when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, of course you got a guy like Patrick, of course, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the new half a billion dollar man. You know, you got the same head coach in Andy Reid, you got the same offensive coordinator uh, in Eric Enemy, and you actually got most of the same starters on both sides of the ball. You know, we yet to be seen what, what, what's going to happen with Chris Jones, but I think as of now, they return 20 of 22 starters. So I, I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs come out in the AFC. Um, the NFC is a little bit more difficult for me right now. If I had to, um, you know, I think it comes down to either uh, the New Orleans Saints or the San Francisco 49ers. 
you know, and, and I have a tough time picking between those two. But again, talking about continuity, talking about, you know, coaching staff that have been there and talking about, um, you know, guys that have had success. When I look at Drew Brees on New Orleans, you know, uh, of course, you know, guys like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, I think they're going to have a really strong offensive line. I think season reads adds to what was already a pretty good line. Uh, and then when I look at the San Francisco 49ers, I know they lost to Forrest Buckner, but when I look at what Kyle Shanahan has done as his time as head coach there and some of the guys that are back there and some of the, and the draft class that they added as well, I think uh, those two teams are your best bet. I think one of them comes out of the NFC. Hey, look, I, Justin, I agree with both of those opinions. And, and I think the Chiefs, for me, similar to what you said, I think they said 88% of the starters coming back. That seems like a safe bet for now in a year that, you know, there probably aren't safe bets, but they might be the one. Uh, and NFC is just so loaded, it's tough to figure out. But anyway, Justin, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. For people who aren't following Justin yet, go to Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. Great content, not just on the Titans, but on NFL draft prospects year-round. Uh, continue the great work, Justin. Stay safe during these times, man. And uh, I look forward to talking more football with you in the future hopefully if we have a season uh and then draft talk with the senior bowl and all that down the window but thank you so much man yeah likewise pleasure's all mine chris you know where to find me once again that was justin mellow from music city miracles draft wire and titans brawl podcast you can follow justin on twitter at justin m underscore nfl give him a follow great content he's already starting his 2021 draft content he goes for a lot of these under the radar prospects who might not get as much shine for example he actually had in february a big piece on adam troutman and why he's a name to watch going into the 2020 nfl draft and guess what adam troutman was a name to watch and now our new orleans saints are the ones who are able to say adam troutman is on their roster so i think justin is 1000 percent of follow uh, worth a follow especially if you're just a football fan i don't care what your preference is in terms of what team i know if you're listening to this podcast you're obviously a saints fan but even though he is majority tight and stuff on the nfl side if you're looking for great content in terms of college football draft evaluations and just someone who's level-headed and, and unbiased about certain topics justin's your guy so send him a follow there uh really enjoyed having him on the podcast look forward to having him again in the future but that's going to do it for this episode of the straight up saints podcast guys i want to thank you very much for staying for you know for listening staying in touch with the youtube content that i put out recently dropped a video do you feel comfortable with Taysom hill as the quarterback post drew Brees? that's a question that we all still have to wait to see what happens a lot of you know moving parts in that situation but i posted that video i'm going to have another one out later this week i'm going to do a live video um as always it's probably going to be on thursday again might make that a thing um, but there will be one this weekend for you guys to drop your Q&As in there um, and get the ball rolling. But that's going to do it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Straight Up Saints. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also leave a five-star review if you can. If you want to join the Patreon page, the link is in the description to this episode. You just go to Patreon, Straight Up Saints. You can join for $3 a month and also make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. And hopefully, hopefully, we have some nice training camp battles to talk about in a couple of weeks, so you don't have to sit here and listen to us theorizing whether or not there will be a 2020 NFL season. That's just me being hopeful. But, guys, please take care. Please stay safe. And I hope you guys have a fantastic upcoming weekend.